What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Retro Encounter. As always, I'm Josh Curry. With me is Chris Losey. Hi, everybody. Chris Kavar. What's up? And that is it. There's only three of us this time. Um, yeah, we had, we had a couple last-minute cancellations, so it's only a trio this episode. Keeping it tight. Nice and tight. Mm. Focused. Tight. <laughs> you keep saying it. <laughs> It's going to make everyone so comfortable. <laughs> Makes it so much better every time. Uh, <laughs> speaking of tight things, mm. we're here to talk about Persona 4. which uh, that, that was a terrible transition. Yes, it was, but it is a perfectly crafted game, so we're going to talk okay. about that. They have tight mechanics and tight characters, and comes in a tight package because it's on the Vita now. And Oh boy, let's let's uh, Man, you need a thesaurus. Come on. Like, anyway, we're, we're here to talk about Persona 4 this week, and uh, it's a game that awesome. we would never ever do in a regular like multi-part episode, because playing Persona 4 in a month is an unfair demand to anyone, especially adults with jobs and families. Although it'd be mm-hmm. a fantastic month. Think of how enjoyable it would that be. be. Everyone would be, would be so happy. But I wouldn't be, be doing anything other than going to work and playing Persona 4. And that You make that, that seem like that's a bad right? thing. And, I, and that literally did happen to me the first few months I played Persona 4. But yeah, that's uh, now we're gonna have this in a bonus round episode just to you know so we can talk about it without being bonus round. <laughs> sure, <laughs> in a bonus round, just uh, so we aren't having to you know be married to the idea of playing it for a month. Yeah, so I don't have to hear. Uh... Mike at the end of it be like, oh, Josh, you didn't finish it this time? Do you even know how the game ends? Yeah. Did you get the secret ending, Josh? Both I, of them? I, I do say those things every time. <laughs> even when I do beat the game. He's got to check. Someone yeah. has to. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a condescending jerk. But anyway, <laughs> so Persona 4 um, came, uh, the game is eight or nine years old now. It's been, it's been around. And almost everyone in RPG fan has played it. It's uh, a favorite for a lot of staff people. Mm-hmm. But um, was it... I, I don't think it was the first Persona game for any of the three of us. Am I right in thinking that? Yes, indeed. Um, it was the first that I played, great. not the first that oh, I played. Oh, it was? Wow. Yeah. So I oh, bought, I hadn't realized that. I bought Persona 3, the, the Faz, like, all that. Um, because... I don't even remember why. I, I, so... I can't remember if it was like, hey, that box looks cool. Or I want to say that it was because somebody recommended or I, I saw it somewhere. I think it was because I heard Shane Baton Allison talk about it. And okay. also the Fest version was a budget title. I think they, it sold it like 20 bucks. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I also did this weird thing back in the day where uh, I'd go to games, uh, GameStop um, and I'd look through and be like, those games, there's probably only one of them here. There's probably only ever going to be two that shows up at the store. And I'd yep. buy them just to have th- those types of games. And so I think... I don't think that was that, though. I think it was Shane that convinced me. Because he used to talk about it on uh, one of yours. But uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weirdly, I, I have a pretty much exact story for Persona 3 FPS. Just going to a Virgin Megastore, searching through obscure games, finding it, seeing the uh, quotes on the back about being an amazing RPG, and I was like, I gotta play this game. But yeah, I bought it, and then, like a lot of things I used to do back then, I'd 
I bought so many games that were ridiculously good, but I just never played them. Because I bought, I'd go to the, like, the store and buy like six games, and then I'd go like a week later and buy another seven. And I was like, all right, yeah. well, this is impossible. Um, but yeah, so then I, the first time I actually experienced Persona 4, I didn't even play it. So that is even more interesting. Oh, did you watch Giant Bomb's Endurance Run or something? Yes. So I uh, wow. When I when I finished col or when I was finishing college and I was playing soccer, I tore everything in my shoulder. Um, so I had full reconstructive surgery. And I wasn't allowed to do like I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to walk quickly. That like direct Ooh. words from the the doctor like, and I have I had the surgery in the winter, so they didn't even want me going outside because I could slip, and the surgery was like sixty seventy grand surgery, so like they didn't want me hurting it. Um, so I sat in a bed and I watched all like 110, 120, however many episodes it is. And that was how I experienced Persona 4 the first time. Hmm. Well, I, I guess I go a little further back with the series than you guys, but it mostly wasn't positive. I, uh, I think, I remember a couple websites that I liked reading and RPG fan was one of them really recommending the first two Persona games in the early 2000s. I think it was probably 01 or 02. So I rented Persona 1 from a local blockbuster, which wow, was... Wow, Revelations. Yeah, and it was, yeah, it, I was surprised that they had a copy of Revelations Persona, but I rented it <laughs> anyway, and I did not get it and basically instantly hated it. And I still think Persona 1 is terrible, but... Yeah, it's a rough game. But I was especially hateful of it when I was, you know, 16. So I uh, gave up on Persona 1. I see Persona 2 Eternal Punishment mm -hmm. at a store for, I think it was 15 or $20. It was cheap. Oh. And, I, and I, I knew it was, I, or at least I thought it was a rare game. And I'm like, well, I, I might want this for my PS1 collection. So I bought it. I nice. played it and decided, okay, this is definitely better than Persona 1, but I really have no idea what's going on. So I never got very far. And that was that was like oh four oh five. So fast forward to twenty ten or so, and I I have this I'm like a negative Nancy about Persona. It's like man, those games are all just are all terrible. The dungeons suck. The skills suck. I, and really, I just didn't get it. But a bunch of my friends are bugging me to play Persona three and Persona four, which had been out for a couple of years in the United States by then. And I get Persona three Fest as a birthday present. So I finally play that. I'm obsessed with it. I play it mm -hmm. twice back to back. Then I actually buy a copy of Persona 4 off of one of the RPG fan uh, forum goers <laughs> in like uh, just just in a you know in like a PayPal arrangement. Right. And then I play that, and I'm obsessed with that thing for three months. And now I'm crazy about Persona and play all of them as they come out, all of the weirdo spinoffs and everything. I I finished yep. Persona Q. I have put dozens of hours into the Persona 4 Arena fighting games. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I bought some of I bought the really cool uh, complete works um, art, uh, books. art art books. Those are really good. Yeah, they are. And now I'm a Persona obsessive, even though I was a hater of Persona as recently as like 2010. Did you play Dancing All Night? I have not yet. I want to. I want that one to go into a price drop first. Uh, That's fair. It's fun. It, I mean, even you're though, even though it to be a PS Plus free game. <laughs> well, I, I do own a that. Vita. Ooh, I, I have almost bought that game a number of times. It's, uh, but it hasn't. I haven't pulled the trigger quite yet. Although I haven't ruled it out. But Persona say, Five. Oh my God! How hype are we for Persona Five? Oh God! Yeah. I cannot wait. Oh. That game looks so stylish. The trailer and beautiful is so slick. And but that I'm UI slightly terrified stellar. 
Because if it actually comes out at the same time it is in Japan, and it's two weeks away from Final Fantasy 15. Oh, right. yeah. I'm playing like, Persona. I'm not touching Final Fantasy. I don't care. Like, I would play well, Persona 5 ahead of that in a I'm, interest, I'm interested in both, but I prioritize Persona 5 over yeah, Final exactly. Fantasy 15. But take a step back and think of yourself as a host of a podcast where you're supposed to play a game every month, and then you have two just behemoths coming out, and think of trying to get people to join you for a podcast then. And well, you have okay. a kid? Your solution is to not play either of them and just listen to us talk about them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, and cry to mm. yourself. They're but not retro to enough to be on the podcast. I still have to get people to be willing to come on the podcast with me and talk about whatever we're choosing to talk about at the time. Priorities, Josh. Priorities. It's just going to be a rough month. Okay, well, or at least, you know, September, October will be when those games come out. But, yeah. um, so, yeah, that's our, those are our personal histories with Persona in general. Wait, do we even <laughs> talk about Chrysos? Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you, no, went, to a, quick. Yeah, you oh. went and got Fest at a Virgin Megastore. Oh, yeah, Fell yeah, in yeah, love. Yeah. Okay. Fell in love. Played love the it, hell out of it. Love it first and sight. Kinda like, uh, kind of like you, Mike, I immediately went and bought Persona 4. Although, then when I found out Persona 4 Golden was a thing, I held off and waited for that version. To, and yeah. then I Pers- Persona 4 Golden, I think, was the second Vita game I bought. It was the first yeah, I mean... I, I loved I loved Persona 3 so much that when the PSP version came out, I pre-ordered it. And the main hat I wear is that uh, <laughs> Junpei hat that came with the with the pre-order. I mean, oh like wow! I had no idea that was a pre-order bonus. That's, oh, that's one of the greatest pre-order bonuses ever. It was only like ten bucks more, and I got a hat that fits better than most baseball caps. Oh, you know, this is something sort of dumb. I bought the Persona Q Special Edition when it came out because it came with a set of tarot cards. Those cards are so yeah. cool, though. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I have the Persona Q tarot cards. Yeah, I've and, got them so many different games. Yeah, it's well, I mean, half of them came with Persona Q, and then half, mm-hmm. of, then the other half came from Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, yep. which I also love. But anyway, maybe we should actually talk about Persona 4 on a Persona 4 podcast. What do you Let's think? Start... I, I do think this all matters, though, because this is a cultural phenomenon, this franchise now. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Persona 3 and 4 were so popular when they came out, especially 4. Was. Yeah, I'm, I'm not willing to admit that 3 was. 3 was in pockets. Well, 3 was in Japan. And it just wasn't four, as huge. 4 I, took off with Golden. And, and that's what I'm saying. 4 wasn't even popular. It was understood by many that it was good. And then it became, like, it just exploded with Golden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that was why I got a Vita that fall. Yeah. That's that's the best game on Vita. I mean, that, it, was one, it was one of my major motivators to get a Vita. Yeah, I got the Assassin's Creed bundle just so that eventually I could have a solid uh, hard drive for Persona 4 Golden. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm so, a chump, so I, I bought a 64 gig hard drive. <laughs> yeah, I got the 32 afterwards because I, I played far too much of that thing. Oh, I got my Vita as a gift, yeah. and I got in the car driving home, and as I was driving, I went on Amazon and bought my 64. Mm. Maybe you shouldn't shop for Amazon while you drive, but any... Well, Amazon makes it so easy. <laughs> oh, to all almost right. die. Insert Amazon stuff. sponsorship right here. Uh. <laughs> so R- RPG fan does often have Amazon links to purchase games on our review pages, but anyway, know. that's that's not here nor there. <laughs> um, we're here to talk about Persona Four. Allegedly, yeah, Persona. we're here to talk so, about Persona Four. Let's let's do this crazy thing. If there is a small chance that somebody is listening to this podcast and does not know what Persona Four is, we're just gonna spoil the hell out of it anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, you probably shouldn't listen to it, but yeah, don't, well, let's act like you're fantastic. still gonna listen to it. Um, 
how about we try to summarize Persona 4 in like a couple sentences? Oh, jeez. Wow. Okay, alright, I'll, I'll give it a shot first. Alright. Okay. A kid from out of town, possessing incredible animal magnetism, uh, uh, spends a year of his high, of high school in this small town, meeting people, solving murder mysteries, and diving into the collective unconscious to defeat a Japanese mythological monster lady. The end. Best contemporary JRPG series mixed with social sim. Josh, your turn. Uh, parents hate kids, so send them off to the small town. Somehow a little <laughs> kid ends up in TV, dates a pop star, and meets a bear that isn't really a bear. He's a boy. He's actually a boy that's lived in an alternate world his whole life. Yes. Are we sure? Are we sure? Is he more bear than boy or more boy than bear? I don't know. I, I don't even know if he's anatomically a boy. A boy. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, for the win! Oh, yes. no. right there. That's the best the show's ever going to be. Wow. <laughs> Wow. You're welcome. That's special. Okay. You're really? welcome. <laughs> so, okay, we, we have, all three of us have wildly different approaches to describing Persona 4 in a couple sentences. Tried to overly simplify and just go with but, <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's, I mean, both Persona 3 and Persona 4 are interesting because mechanically they're like, you know, dating sim at times and dungeon crawler at time, at other times. But you know the at the dating sim elements blend into your character stats for the dungeon running out elements, and it's full of crazy mythological beings that are you know directly imported from the main Shin Megami Tensei games, and it, from every facet of folklore and religion mm -hmm. spanning the entire globe. Yep, and it, uh, the Persona Four in particular, the main character, uh, those you know folklore characters, the Personae. Or personas, whatever you want to, however you want to pluralize it. Yeah, this is it personae you, with like an A E. What? No, P. I like, know what you mean. And adding N A E. Yeah, yeah, adding, having persona end with A E. Persona. Persona. Uh, oh, whatever. This, this is dumb. We irrelevant. Keep talking, Michael. Ah, Google agrees with you. That's crazy. There yeah, well, I, I know. I'm because I'm right. <laughs> but huh. anyway, the personae in Persona Four. Uh, the ones used by the main characters, at least, are more inspired by Japanese folklore in particular. For the record, uh, especially, especially Google the also Izanagi. agrees with me. I, I know. Gosh, <laughs> just let Mike finish. And <laughs> uses the framework of the Izanagi Izanami myth as for part of its greater story, and also, you know, which I think is a reference to the to the very first Megami Tensei game on the NES which also used Izanagi and Izanami as major characters. So, yeah. Thank you for it, having that, Paul. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. and, but in Persona 4, it's so weird. Like, uh, in Persona 1 and 2, those two games are framed as almost like a cosmic bet between um, these two beings named uh, Philemon and Nyarlahotep, where basically Philemon believes in, uh, in like, the human's will to survive, and Nyarlahotep believes in you know, total nihilism. Mm -hmm. So Nyarlahotep screws up, screws around with the world, and 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 want and you know wants people to defeat themselves. While Philemon gives Persona powers to a couple kids so they can you know survive and and stop Nyarlahotep's darkness. But Persona three and four basically abandon that, 
but still have subtle knowledge, uh, like references yeah, to them sometimes. The like, incident co- for around the school for Persona Three isn't that related to the incident from Persona One? Unclear. Or is that um, okay? No, See, I always assume that there's a connection, even though it's not the direct. It's no, not it's, the same major event. It's the same research team that eventually moves to another location. No, That's no, no. It's, it, it. it's um, I think it's a different research team because it's definitely not the Carrijo group in Persona One. But uh, the way, if you read like some of the background, some of the old documents in Persona Three, the the way that uh, Mitsuru's grandfather acts makes him seem like he's being possessed by Nyarlathotep. But it's hard to say exactly. Oh, okay. See, I always thought it was just like there was some scientist from the original research team that eventually inspired the Carrijo group to go uh, investigate these shadow that's, creatures. That's possible, but... Um, and again, this uh, is just... That's how... Because I haven't played through most of one, because, like you and, said, well, earlier, I mean, like, it was a frustrating game. Sure, well, and, and char- characters from Persona 1 and Persona 2 cameo in the, t- in the interview TV show in Persona 3. So they're, they're, they share a universe, but oh, Persona, sure. but it's really easy to separate Persona 3 and 4 from 1 and 2, because 1 and 2, you know, share uh, several cast members and playable characters. Mm-hmm. And pers- But there's no there's no meaningful Persona 1 and 2 content in Persona 3 or 4, while 3 and 4, you know, even visit each other's high schools. Right. So right. The, the, those two definitely share a universe. It's, it's, anyway, it's easy to get into Persona 3 or 4 without having played any other Persona any game. Previous, they, they, yeah. they, stand, they stand on their own. And Persona 4, it's... It um it borrows concepts from all of the uh all of the Persona games, but yeah. Uh, so I think focus is a more focused experience than three, since it's a smaller town that with more things to do in it. Agreed. And, and it uh, uh at least at least I think it has a really cool approach to the uh you know to the sort of good evil conflict that's Philemon and Nyarlathotep in the earlier games, and uh, by because. This is jumping around a little bit. It, it, it um, the game is ostensibly about solving a case of serial murderers and kidnappings that are happening in the small town, but eventually you realize that there was a, you know, a mystical being that Pulling gave strings. that gave persona powers to three people, and then just decided to sit back and see what crazy stuff happened. Mm-hmm. And one of those three people was a, you know, a sadistic maniac that decided to use his powers to kill. One yep. of them was a deluded maniac that tried to save people by kidnapping them, and the third one is your main character who just tries to save the day and you know protect his friends. And yeah, Persona Four, yeah. small Japanese town, some supernatural stuff starts to happen, and the only people that can save the day are a bunch of high school kids. Are you, you and your friends? But is by going in a TV. Yes, and the the way to jump into the other world to you know fight shadows and rescue people and use your persona powers is to jump through a television screen. Yes, and you have to fight the repressed version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. I'm um, your, your shadow, which is a shadow. a a concept from Carl Jung, which mm-hmm. means the part of you that exists but you wished it would not. Yeah, that you suppress and hide from the rest of the world. That becomes a massive cornerstone of the whole game is acceptance of who you are, like coming to like in a lot of ways the whole game is a coming of age story. Um, for all the characters that you meet, they have to go yeah. through 
internal struggles to both find acceptance and then also be able to move on and find friendship mm-hmm. and um and uh in a way it reminds me of uh Buffy the Vampire Slayer because you have these this group of teenagers that are battling personal demons by literally battling demons fighting demons yeah yep yeah that's a good point <laughs> and and it's great it's such a fantastic conceit it's also just a wonderful uh, like it's one thing to have cool like settings just to have cool settings like we we just covered uh the world ends with you. I think just being in Tokyo is a cool setting, but ultimately yeah, to, it to, doesn't. To us, it's, to us, it's a cool exotic setting for sure. It doesn't necessarily silent. add anything other than being exotic or cool. Um, the great thing about Persona and setting it in a high school, the coming of age story is like that is one of the most important times of a person is either high school or college. But that's when you're coming of age. That's when you're becoming who you are. That's where you're struggling with that's how people perceive you, how you perceive yourself. Um, and mm-hmm. being happy with who you are, um, and so like I, I think that one of the great things about Persona Four is all of the parts of the game they sum up to make sure that that's the main thrust of it, and it does a very good job in a lot of ways. And it's all the little nuances surrounding it that kind of makes it just like that perfect story for that. And it helps that the script and the characterization of each of these individual cast members as they're introduced and as you get to know them is fantastic. Because especially with comparing it, comparing it to other franchises, I think one of the biggest letdowns of most RPGs is the mechanics may be a lot of fun, uh, but the plot and the characters are very much the same again and again and again, and we go through the same tropes. But by making it a high school and kids who are trying to just really come to terms with who they really are like you said which is incredibly relatable for everyone who's ever grown up Mm. and then beyond that they actually are well-written dynamic human beings yes and while they're going through their repressed feelings or you know their their sense of denial of who they really are their revelations about all about themselves are revelations persona oh god but they're actually pretty, pretty fantastic and 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 very touching most of the time. So none of these characters feels, you know, phoned in and let's just go with the obvious cliche. They're actually interesting people, and they have sometimes very odd characteristics that really put them in a in their own category. And I don't just mean Teddy, but like someone like Chie. You know, they in further iterations of the persona 4 franchise they make too many jokes about her love for meat and being a you know a carnivore but yeah, you, you it's can such a right quirky say it, thing like persona q reduces every persona character oh, God, to, to, their, two or, yeah. to two or three traits and it's an embarrassment and also persona 4 dancing all night does the exact same thing with chie oh, it's really oh, sad okay. it's really sad for her only everyone else it's actually fine but yeah they just stick with that and right, it's well, yeah, Persona Q ruins, like, all 18 people in Persona 3 and 4, but, uh, yeah, and you were mentioning how uh, good the writing is in Persona 4, and you're absolutely right. Like, it would be easy to have the eight main characters of Persona 4 basically be lazily constructed anime tropes. But the translation I mean, team at Atlas nails it. Yeah, they do. But, and it, um, and it would be, uh, like, it can be interpreted as such. But because there's so much dialogue in this game, I mean, uh, even when you're not on a main story thread, you spend a lot of your, you know, dating sim calendar days just hanging out with your friends yeah. and forming these social links. Oh, we should it, talk about social links. There's a ton of dialogue in Persona 4. 
Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be your main cast. It could be... Yeah. I mean, we were talking beforehand in Persona 3 about the monk. Mm, and right. how... I mean, then of course, there's plenty of people in Persona 4 as well. Yeah, you, I mean, you gotta go for Fox team. and all the rest of it. No, you gotta go flirt with the hot nurse. Yes. <laughs> well, let's be honest. You do much more with the nurse than just flirt. You know, oh. I don't. Think, I don't think you do. I think actually. you do. I don't think you do. And then she tries. Josh has his own story. Should check out his personal blog, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, it, 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 I don't. I'm not making this up. It, it absolutely goes down. Look, look, you with. With some of your high school classmates, you invite them into your room and you spend an intimate moment with them. But that does ne- that never happens with Hot Nurse, who's I, I feel bad. I don't even remember her name except because I've always nurse. called her Hot Nurse. Oh, Sy- Sayo- S-A-Y-O-K-O. Sayoko. Thank you. Sayoko. Yeah. We all know that I can't pronounce stuff. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of you know richly detailed, interesting characters in Persona Four, and um. There's a ton of dialogue in the game, but the writing is so good, and these characters all go to such interesting player uh, play, places arc-wise mm-hmm. that it's a treat, you know, learning about all of them. And I, I mean, that's part of why I'm so excited for Persona Five, even though we only really have seen the nine main characters of it in portrait form. Yeah, we just have visualized it. Yeah, it, well, I mean, we know all nine now because we have some we have some key cover art and uh, oh, eight. Sure, of, we have and we have the eight the names for eight of them. Well, we haven't gotten to know them yet. And yeah, that's, that's true, but like I cannot wait to get to know them exactly. because because I know that the Persona team is just like they're just ace aces yep. at uh, writing these characters. So yeah, man, Persona Four is a hell of a cast. Okay, so back to the nurse. <laughs> Correct quote. I didn't realize we were we were off. Wow, the nurse. we were still stuck with the nurse. So she says, "Would you like to study with me? Perhaps a subject that they don't teach in school." If you catch my drift, dot dot dot, and if you respond with "please by all means," the, the, it like fades to black. It goes down. That's all I'm saying. No, no. When you say "by all means," she like she like doesn't. It doesn't fade to black. No. I I think if this was an adult game, you'd literally hear your zipper go zip. Well, this isn't an adult game, so we don't know, do we? <laughs> we do know because it fades to black. That's exactly what it implies. You know what's funny is I never I got that link all the way through. I, I did a max run on my uh, New Game Plus. Yeah, that, that well, I got only a third way through it. It was, yeah, but it was one of those that you had to get a max run because... So the first, like, four or five levels, it definitely seems like it's going that way. Then there's, like... W- like, you reach a point and you're like, Yep, <laughs> a hitch I'm in the road. pretty confident it just happened. And then you show up I, the next I'm, week, I'm not, and, I don't think it happened. and nothing is never talked about ever again. Then she's like, all right, well, I'm going to leave. I was like, are you leaving because you're in charge of, like, in trouble with the hospital board because you had sex with an intern? Or, like, why are you leaving? No, the, no it's it, it explains why she leaves. I know that she have a job somewhere else. But um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's your imagination no. where, they were, where, you know, where the two of them do the deed. No. I, I think that they flirt a lot, but they it never happens no. between them, which is a little disappointing because Hot Nurse is great. And it, I, I, Would you say she's one of your favorite social links, Josh? No. Oh, really? So, like, if you – um, do you have a favorite social link or favorite sort of, you know, dialogue set in Persona 4? Well, it's got to be Rise. Rise always wins. Oh, Rise's your girl? Yeah. Rise is clearly his girl. I felt mm. I felt guilty having sex with the nurse when I was flirting with Rise. Sure. Because mm. I don't think you actually have sex with the and nurse. And also the fox. 
Fox. <laughs> I, I, I Fox actually, I do love the Fox social link. I loved Kanji's uh, as well. I think the whole story with Kanji is pretty fantastic, going from his shadow dungeon all the way through how they deal with this kind of idea of sexuality and and your interests and how most people will regard them as, you know, really just as being gay. I mean, they never really come out and say it in the game. They're much more creative, but the perception of being effeminate for what you enjoy and what you like, whereas, you know... And the whole how he plays with... Uh, how everyone ha- thinks that he likes Naoto originally oh, well, because know, he, it's a boy. He does, oh, no, he does like Naoto, and I think... Uh, well, Kanji's my favorite character in the game. And, yeah, agreed. And, and at the... I, I think that, that liking Con- <laughs> liking Naoto maybe bothered Kanji more than it bothered anyone else. Yeah, because, <laughs> because... He, he's not sure. Because at first he thinks it's a boy and it's freaking him out because he doesn't think he's gay. And but you know he's always struggled no, I... with the the feminine side. And, yeah, uh, he, and, and, he, and he overcompensates the hell out of it by mm-hmm. being you know by being this biker super punk macho or, badass. Uh, yeah, and but interior but in internally he's not sure if he's straight or gay and that's tearing him apart so when mm-hmm. you know the team ha- when kanji gets kidnapped and the team has to go rescue him his, so his dun- yeah his dungeon is a steamy bathhouse full of yep. muscular semi-nude dudes and and, and kanji's and shadow and Kan's, is extremely yeah. feminine yeah <laughs> to say so the very and, least yeah and, 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 on and also like i think part of it is that kanji uh always got along better with dudes than with girls because girls were, you know, cruel to him as a elementary school and middle schooler making fun of him for, you know, being better at, at making dolls at clothes. knitting and were. dolls. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and because, you know, and because, you know, high school girls are, 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 are terrible and yes. cruel in that way. And, but, but with dudes, he could, you know, he could punch them and they could settle differences with their fists. But so it just like, made more sense to him, and he's not it, the swiftest guy, so exactly. And, and pick him whether, apart. And I, I don't think Kanji's gay. I mean, Persona no. Four sort of defaults to heteronormativity for most of its storylines. No, but the fact that they even deal right. with that uh, insecurity and at but all he, is yeah, fantastic. He, he's worried that he might be gay because of his habits and his preferences for hanging out with guys, and that he likes Naoto, who he initially thinks is a guy. It's really just a perfect storm of inner, am I or am I not gay ter- yeah. turmoil for Kanji, and it's but in a way that it um it doesn't feel like a punchline. It feels no. like he's it's written in a in a thoughtful, sensitive way that makes Kanji likable and his and his struggle uh, really interesting. And when and you know when he accepts his shadow, uh, he joins your team and has a giant lightning titan thing that he can summon. But in his social link afterwards, he you know accepts another part of himself. And yep. starts, you know, making arts and crafts for kids, and hang and uh, yeah. and you, coming you to embolden t- him to be okay with these mm-hmm. his his personal loves. That yeah, he exactly, and it's, and it's and, and it's awesome. Like yeah. uh, like Kanji's My whole arc. Yeah, Kanji's whole arc is just a total delight, and uh, he's my favorite character in the game. And voiced by the great Troy Baker. Yeah, and even when his voice actor changes to Matthew Mercer in some of the yeah, later, he still ones, does a great job. Yeah, he does a great job, and you can hardly tell. Hmm. Uh, I just thought about this. I I'm changing my answer from Risei. Oh, to Kanji? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To Nanako. Oh, oh. Right. Nanako is like the mascot of joy for that game. Yeah. Nanako Chan. I, I think they do something diabolical with Nanako. They they uh 
uh, by they I mean the creators of the game. They She's make so her, cute and perfect. Yeah, they make her the cutest, nicest, like self-reliant, most tragic <laughs> character. Like, like Sugar, spice, this, and everything nice. Yeah, they make her this super likable little girl that um, is very charming. Every character in the game, like whenever you get and make a new friend and they hang out with you and meet Nanako, they love her too, yep. of course. And uh, But then they sort of rip it all away when she becomes the kidnapping victim. Uh, oh. I, think it, I think in October or, Nove- or November. Because, oh, yeah. by the way, the game starts for, I mean, listeners probably know this, but the game starts in April and then ends on Christmas Day, and then has its final scene uh, fast-forwarding to the last day of school in March. So yeah, like April to, to December is basically the story of of most of the ma- of the game. And Nanako is kidnapped, I think, in November, maybe maybe late October. And and when she gets kidnapped is around the same time you realize who the kidnapper is. And like as a player, when that happened, I'm like, oh no, they didn't. Yep. And I just yep, I, I immediately dove at, dove into the TV after that guy it's, it's, with just with remarkable amount of you know self righteous rage to rescue a digital little sister. Oh, oh the, yeah. it's, it's not I even like it's, your digital sister; it is your sister. Like she's so wonderful. Yes. they set her up to be so cute and so cool, and then they just make her this make her a victim immediately. <laughs> yeah, that was one. Oh. Of, I I remember when I first played it. I remember like a third way through the game. I was like, please don't do that. They're not going to do it. It'd be, it'd be, it would be too obvious, and it's not going to. It would just that would be mean. And then when it happened, like you said, I was just filled with this vengeful rage, <laughs> rage, just rage. Like, I must save this girl. I will do anything I can to save this wonderful child. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I am other not kidnapping. grinding. Yeah. I am not going doing side nope. thing. I am just nope. kicking ass as I go through. Yeah, I skipped so many social links. So I was like, I got to go to the dungeon. Gotta do it. Gotta get there. <laughs> I think that uh, for like the other kidnapping victims, because whenever you know, uh, whenever someone's kidnapped, you go into the television to try and drag them out of there before before they die. And yeah, you uh, have a time limit where if they yes. if you don't save by a certain time, the conceit is they're murdered. They're one of the victims of the serial killer. Correct. Yes. And but for the other ones, it's like all right, whatever. I'm solving a mystery. I got to go save these people. But but <laughs> I did it sort of as a course of being part of the game. But with Nanako, when she was kidnapped, I just I, – I threw away all of that, uh, you know, the idea of just doing this to move on with the game. I, I wanted to save her. Mm-hmm. And they did a really brilliant – the writers did a brilliant job of setting her up to be so likable and then, and then making it a really tragic, brutal part of the game. And, oh, uh, guys, there's a – something really serious happens on uh, – oh, shoot. Uh, I forget what day. I think – is it December 3rd? But anyway, the, the scene in the hospital room after Nanako has been rescued, mm-hmm. but she's she she's dying because she may have been in in the in, in the, the, the TV, in the TV for too long. long. Yeah. yeah, and then you confront her kidnapper, who uh, and who is a, a, a delusional man who thought he was saving people when he threw them in televisions, but really he didn't realize he was throwing them into a nightmare world. You can you can uh, say who, who it is. Yeah, this is. Oh, oh yeah, it's uh, it's. It's a Namatame? Is that his name? I think. Uh, ooh, is it actually? I, I, think, I think so. I think yeah, it was Yeah, okay. I I'm not, I should Double checking now. Double yeah, check. I probably should have a wiki open or something, but I don't. Uh, so, like, Namatame, who's, who is shaken and not making much sense, like, you, there's a scene where you confront him. I also want to know what day that is. Uh, 
Uh, so can you look up like the, the day of Namatami in the hospital? Yep, it's, doing it it's now. In the, it's in the first week of December, I think. But um, anyway, when that happens, there's a very specific dialogue uh, dialogue uh, sequence. And, yes. And uh, I I actually um, I was warned of this ahead of time to uh, to look up what to say during that uh, during that sequence because if you get one thing wrong then uh, the game ends in a bad ending and it's and it's over. Yep. But if you if you do it just right, which basically entails like uh, Yosuke and Kanji are suggesting, hey, let's throw this guy in the TV and just and he'll disappear and die and it'll all be over. But you but you the the main character has to has to say, hey, wait, hold on a second. I think there's something more to this. And uh, if you say all the right things, then you basically talk your friends into not killing Namatame. And continuing the investigation, eventually mm-hmm. learning that uh, the, the killer of the first two victims who tricked Namatame into kidnapping all these other people is Adachi, uh, the main character's uncle's detective partner. The fumbling idiot. Who, was who we really... all should have known because his yeah. social link is the devil. No, the no, devil well, is well, the nurse. No, no, it's not. No, the devil's the nurse. His social... Oh, is he the devil? No, which again, that's where you know you had sex with her because she's the devil on your shoulder telling you to do stuff you're not supposed to do. So like, are you saying you had you have social? you're saying you have sex with the businessman in Persona Three as well? Probably. Ugh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Namatame's social link is is uh, hunger, which I think is lust in the Japanese version, and it's like an alternate, uh, like reverse version of the strength social link, uh. which is it's not easy to explain. But anyway, um, but he's uh, and he's only a social link in Golden and not the original Persona Four. Yeah. And also, uh, his he has the same voice actor as the main character, which is uh, also true in Persona Three. The um, uh, the the weird kid that uh, eventually becomes um, uh, Nix's avatar has the same voice actor as the main character. So hmm. yeah, just be warned. If someone has the same voice actor as the main character, they probably turn evil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So anyhow, you discover Adachi's the killer, and then you get to get the real ending by defeating Adachi. Which I didn't even know so he's the there wasn't. Like I just kind of stumbled my way through that. I don't know. Cause I got lucky. Oh, with the uh, the questioning. Yeah, the conversations. Uh, I knew, kind of like what Mike said. I knew that it had to be answered in a certain way to get the right ending, but I did stumble through and got lucky. I guess. I, Although I didn't, I, I read, I read I off of a, back. Oh, I, I, I read the right answers off of a website to, so I wouldn't screw it up. I, I also went back immediately afterwards and was like, "What if I got that wrong?" And then when I saw that ending, I do have to say though, if you get the quote unquote bad ending for not going through the question chain correctly, I think the game does a pretty good job with how that ending goes to be like, oh, "I'm missing something. I need to go back." Plus, Nanako dies in that ending, which yeah, is just, it, and a, it's just, very just a sudden. gut punch. Yeah. It is very sudden, and it feels so off that I think most people, if they got that ending, knew that there was more to be done. Plus, there's always there's, secret endings in Persona. Yeah. There's a similar bad ending thing in Persona 3, but ah. basically, but but for that, it's really telegraphed. It's like, yeah, I'm going to choose to give up and let the bad guy win <laughs> instead of, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to fight to the very end. Like, Isn't that's there... Right. In three though, there's a conversation at the very like, oh, game, the game that affects see you guys it too. Soon, right? Uh, no, no, no. It's just um, like uh, it, it, it's an early December, and then you and then you make that call. You you make the choice on New Year's Eve mm. in Persona Three. 
But there are some things at the beginning as well. Okay. There's a lot of dialogue, weird dialogue stuff at the beginning of Persona 3, but I don't think it affects the story or the ending in any way. Okay. So, yeah, but anyway, we're not talking about that, are we? Eh, we're, no, we're talking not. about whatever we want. Well, actually, I guess what's it, what was interesting to me about... You said you played regular Persona 4 before Golden, right, Mike? Correct. So, in Persona 4 Golden, you have Marie and you have her dungeon right. at the end um, you... Yeah, also, I mean, Persona 4 Golden, uh, you play through January and February as well. Yeah. But in, in Persona 4 Regular, you stop at Christmas at Day and then go to the ending. But Persona 4 Golden, they they add a bunch of story stuff in two whole months. So, when you played Persona 4, did you get the Elizabeth Dungeon? Uh, Elizabeth's Dungeon? Yeah. Is that in, that's also in the original, correct? Um, or is that also only that's in the original? Uh, you mean you mean the forest? Yes. Yeah, that's only in Golden. Yeah. Really? I didn't realize yeah. that. Uh, and um, wow. Marie is not in the original forest. Well, that, Persona yeah, that... Four. And um, yeah, I think we mentioned Adachi's not a social link in original Persona Four. No. And yeah. Uh, and, right. Yeah, they, and they change a couple quests around. Like uh, the fox quest is a lot easier in Persona Four because they make you go fishing in the ocean in Persona Four Golden. Um, you can't go and watch movies or get coffee in Persona 4 regular. There's Persona 4 Golden has a lot of meaningful changes that are really, really cool. Like if you Even have a if choice, small tweaks, they're still just exceptionally better. Yeah, unlike the difference between Persona 3 uh, Portable and Persona 3 Fest, like like Fest has some content that's not in Portable, and the models all look better, and and the and there's more to do in combat in Fest uh, sometimes, but Portable has a lot of good changes too like you can control your characters and there's more side quests but in so for persona 3 it's debatable which is the best most complete version for persona mm-hmm. 4 it isn't golden yeah, is the one golden. you want yeah i think yeah. when i brought up uh i started questioning like i want to go back and finish 3 finally should i play fez or should i play the psp like that is the most like arguments i have seen arise debatable. out of people yeah. like adamant about one or the other because of this or that and it, it's kind of crazy but i that for sure doesn't pop up in persona 4 it's like golden no Super it's easy. just gold just go go do golden it looks better it has it, so much more content it doesn't cut anything yeah uh the the one uh if you're you know if you're crazy about voice actors uh they changed the voice actors for chie and teddy yeah which chie is just not the same. And, but um, they they still have Troy Baker though. They didn't change Troy Baker's stuff until well, uh, Chie's uh, voice until actor they... retired. Yeah. So that kind of makes it difficult. Um, and I think they they changed some other voice acting stuff. Uh, <laughs> there's one really serious uh, conversation in the game where I, I, it's actually with Namatame, but not not on the day that you're that you argue about him. it. Yeah, it's a few days after that when you're questioning him. In Persona 4 Golden, they couldn't get his original voice actor back. So uh, <laughs> he changes voice actors mid-conversation <laughs> uh, to reflect a new line of di- dialogue that's about when he was... Lo- uh, to like I think he's talking about the concert that's only in Persona 4 Golden. But like they, he changes voice actors like, and that's how I know it was you. And then I saw you at the concert last wa- last fall. And... Yes, I'm sorry. It, it, it was, it's really jarring when it happens, but it's, uh, I got a laugh out of it. But by then I had played the game like three times, so I'm noticing really silly things. Yeah, and that's, I was going to say that about Chie, is the voice actor does a fine job. It's just everybody gets so attached to the characters from their first time through. 
And mm-hmm. so when it yeah. switches into golden, it's just it's just not your Chie anymore. Um, but but I, th- I think she still sounds fantastic. And Chie is probably my favorite among the uh, the girls that join your team because I I think she's, I mean she's uh, uh, on the surface she's kind of just sort of fun and goofy and a little bit airheaded, and she has like you know and she's you know a tomboy that likes martial arts and meat and stuff, but uh, her both her uh, um, her scenes with Yukiko in Yukiko's dungeon where she's you know, doesn't really believe in her femininity and she, you know, right. acts like Yukiko's protector in a way to, you know, feel like she, Yukiko needs her and where mm-hmm. Yukiko is, is uh, beautiful and popular. Like, that that felt like a real uh, relationship between two high school girls to me. Yeah. And and it, um, I thought Chie was a really well-written character and she's, um... I like Chie a lot. And, and, and she's adorable in her, yeah. in her social link, too. Yeah, I like she's she- fun, she's spunky, she's goofy, she's great. While Yukiko yeah. on the other end yeah, is she is unfortunately the weak the weak link of the main cast. Yes. Like I, I like the idea of Yukiko, this you know really beautiful popular girl that doesn't really get that that doesn't really go on dates and doesn't really understand that dudes are hitting on her or have and, any kind of but, social life other than her yeah. best friend and and, and her hotel part time yep. job. But um, when you finally get to know her, she just laughs at dumb puns. And is uh is a very a very nice person and a good friend, but she's not nearly as interesting as Chie, Rise, or Naoto. But to the credit of Persona Four, I think I mean every game has has to have at some point have their character that's not as good as everybody else. Um, traditionally in those games, though, you usually hate those characters. Yeah, like I hate Ken in Persona Three. To hell with that guy. But Persona Four, I think, does such a good job that you still, at the end of the day, you care about Yukiko. And she's still enjoyable to have around. She's just not as good as the other ones. I agree. And that, and that's the nice thing is when you're you're, you're playing an RPG that's this long. I mean, Teddy can get annoying with his bear jokes, and sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're not. But like, there's little quirks of the characters, but at all times you're never disappointed when you're like, all right, well I'm stuck with them for a day, or I have to hear this person's backstory. Each of them has this unique kind of twist to their like their personality and what they're going through, and all of them are interesting enough that you never have like this lull that you don't want to be experiencing a certain amount of content. Yeah, it's, I mean they're all interesting and well written, and um, and have a you know have their own and their sort of their dark sides or their shadows are interesting twists on uh, what could be considered tropey characters. Sure. But yeah, the, the, the cast of Persona 4 is awesome. Yes. Yeah, and to say again that Yukiko is perhaps the weakest, you know, that, and of course that's just our, that's just my opinion and it sounds like you guys kind of agree, it's that doesn't mean that she's horribly yeah, it, written. It's I, would just say, that, I would say Yukiko or Teddy, which is a shame because they're the two healers and you really should have one of them in your party at all times. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't love Teddy, but I think, uh, I think I th- in general, I think Persona 4 has a really strong cast. I've said that over and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally... Yep. Again, that's the point. Even if they're the weaker links, it doesn't mean they're bad. So what was everybody's party? Did you roll with? Um, okay, I actually had a pretty specific party that, that is my favorite. Uh, I like using the main character, uh, Chie, Yukiko, and Kanji. But for that's for bosses. For, that was... Yeah, wow. for, for regular for regular battles, I switch out Kanji for Naoto. Uh, Damn. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's 
Borderline identical. Uh, my main party was Hiro Chie Kanji uh, and Yukiko for, for healing. And I would swap in Naoto for Chie, not for Kanji sometimes. Because uh, Kanji actually is, is not a great character on his own. He has a lot of... Uh, he has a bunch of physical moves, but no yeah. multi-targeting stuff. And he has a lot of magic, but low magic stats. But he has Mataru Kaja, which is like a really, really good support spell that you want yep. in every boss fight. I used the original four the whole time. Like, at no mm. time did I bring anybody else in. I, really? I, yep. Whole game. I think uh, once once you get Kanji or Teddy or whatnot, like I, I put them in once. And like, alright, well, that's cool. I took them out immediately. Okay, and so basically, like similar to Chris or my party, but uh, or my party, but with Yosuke instead of Kanji. Right. Yeah, and I I, I, I tested out Kanji and Teddy and I guess Nato. By the time I got to Nato, it was, it was already so late in the game or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I just they they worked fine. They're they're fine characters, and I'm sure I would have figured out ways to use them. But that like I had had such a well-rounded party by that point that I knew how everything worked, and it was just kind of. It rolled well. Um, unlike you guys, I I never was... Kanji's just okay to me. Like, I like his I think story. Re- I, I think Kanji's really good for boss fights because he has good single-target attacks oh. and he has Mataru Kaja. No, 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 so, yeah, buff spells. So I'm more going along the lines of, I oh. am that main character. Who do I want to <laughs> hang out with? Okay. Oh. Yosuke's well, I, my I, boy. Chie sure. right. mm-hmm. was... Like my cute sisterly friend, and then Yukiko has to come because Chie is coming. Um, <laughs> but your your real girlfriend is you know the one that is in always, your earpiece is always yeah. watching me. Yeah, yeah, always watching your back. <laughs> yeah, we we See, should I mention. Kind of... uh, I mean, Rise is obviously the navigator character, so she's like she. I felt um, so bad for her. Well, I, I don't really feel feel bad for her. I mean, it's. It's it's a role that uh, that Fuka plays in Persona Three, and Rise does yeah. learn a bunch of skills that help the party a lot. Yeah, but it's just one of those. Everybody else gets such a cool thing to do, and then Rise's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna hang back here." She's okay with it. You don't you don't have to feel bad for her. She bad fights for with her. a mic. She fights with a microphone stand in the second Persona Four Arena game. Yeah, I was glad <laughs> they added her. But yeah, so I, I just did the whole four, the original four, the whole time, and it, it always worked. Just your party around, kind of role playing it. Sorry, I just what? that's no, no. I was just saying for uh, how you said that you chose your party based on who you wanted to hang out with. Yeah, and that's the exact same reason why I put Kanji in. Yeah, is that after learning his story, I was like, I I feel like this is a dude I would have I would like to hang out with and get to know better, yeah. and. His whole, like the whole macho bravado, the one way it really comes through in a, for me is like that idea of like I would protect anyone I care about. I'm like, yeah, of course I'd have him in the party. Yeah. Like I would I'm, die for anyone. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm basically a robot because I, I chose characters based on effectiveness in battle. <laughs> because like, like, like Yukiko's the best magic user, Chie's the best regular attacker, yep. Kanji's good in boss fights, Naoto's amazing in regular dungeons. And I, I would switch in Yosuke sometimes, usually for Chie. Uh, to keep his levels up, and I would switch out Teddy and Yukiko uh, to keep their level, to keep Teddy's levels up. But my my main party was Chie, Yukiko, and then Kanji for boss fights. Well, that's the other issue I always have, though. And everybody who's ever listened to a podcast where I have to level a character, 
I like <laughs> power level everything. So by the time I could replace any of the characters, it's like, well, Yosuke is a baller. Like, I've grinded him so much, like. Yeah, it's not worth switching out. Yeah, and so I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm stuck with you guys now for the rest of the go. Let's let's go. You know, um, we haven't we haven't talked much about Kos uh, Kosuke Yosuke <laughs> on this uh, on this podcast. So, yeah, Broske. Mm-hmm. Broske. Broske's before Hosuke's. You still can't ride a bike, <laughs> at least. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even when he gets his motorcycle license, he's not great at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. Yosuke and the main character have a really good, like, male friendship. They're yeah, they're total yeah. bros. Yep. Yeah, and so why it's... wouldn't you bring your bro with you? Bra. Because he's not my only bro. Come on, bro. I go. don't want him to die. He's there to help me, and he's my backup if someone else goes down. I, I bring him along for bro-appropriate situations. <laughs> bro-appropriate situations. Bro-appropriate. God. But, uh... <laughs> <This> might... <laughs> So yeah, I think not. Yosuke is a fantastically written character. Even when you decide to have a fight in uh, late in his social link, it, I best. still I still bought all of it. Uh, the dialogue is hilarious. He's so and, wonderfully awkward. Yeah. And yeah, he's not he's not a cool guy or even a very nice guy. Like he's so endearing. That's what it is. He's, he's the most endearing human. He's a believable endearing human in a video game, and he is definitely your best friend. He's great. Yeah. yeah. The other person we haven't talked about almost at all is Teddy. Or Naoto. We haven't brought up uh, or Naoto, yeah. <laughs> oh Naoto, yeah. I, so, and this is I actually like Naoto. I, I, I think what they do with her is really is really interesting. Um, I don't like your days with her that you're solving the, the mysteries. It just felt kind of tacked on. It fits her personality, but I just I always it, it just rubbed me the wrong way all the time. Um, but. The other unfortunate thing is she happens so close to the end mm-hmm. that, right, in a lot of ways, it's hard to want to put her in the party or care because you've gone through so much with so many others. It's also if you're trying to get her social link up, you just rush. Like everything feels rushed with her, and, and that's just kind of an unfortunate of how the game just works because she actually mm-hmm. is a really interesting character. I think oh, she's so cool. I think she's overall and probably the most interesting character in the game. Agreed. And, and, and girl well, to, be, to be fair, um, her social link stuff is definitely backloaded, and her time in your party is backloaded. But you actually meet her uh, before you meet Rise. Yeah, it's pretty early uh, on. Yeah, you, yeah. you meet her during the investigation uh, before Kanji's kidnapping, and you, uh, the whole time you think of her as this rival character. Well, first you think she's a boy, yep. and uh, as a detective who's trying to solve the mystery and is surprisingly good at solving the mystery, even though she doesn't know anything about the Midnight Channel. Um, but then when she, when you, uh, when you defeat the copycat killer, um, Mitsuo, uh, in the summer sometime, Naoto's the only person that is pretty sure right. Mitsuo's not the real killer. So she deliberately makes herself bait for the kidnapper, then you rescue Naoto, she gets persona powers, and she joins your team. But her, yeah. uh, her inner struggle, I think, is... The only one that's as interesting as Kanji's, because um, Kanji is mm-hmm. is unsure if he's straight or gay. Now Naoto, um, Naoto has resents that fe- she's a woman. Yeah, she has similar feelings of uh, perhaps you know being a trans person. Because she yeah, because yeah, her she's a she's born into a family of very famous detectives, and everyone's always been a male detective, and so being a woman kind of breaks that mold and 
And she yeah, grew so up she, idol. She grew up idolizing male detectives, both yep. in in uh, in real life and in fiction. And in media, yeah, exactly. And so, so she obsesses over. I have to. I have to personally create this image as this male uh, or will, detective. Or it won't be taken seriously. Yeah. But the ironically, she still isn't taken seriously because she's sixteen. Yeah. But uh, the the crazy the crazy part is, um, uh, I mean, how many video games or RPGs particularly do you know that handle uh you know um I, I being a trans being a trans person with that level of sensitivity I, exactly I'm with you it's 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 almost non-existent and it's even it's, more it's, impressive when you think of the time that it was done at yeah, and also that a, it's coming out of Japan which uh yeah which is a, which is, is a socially conservative very, country yes, in a lot of ways very cagey like, when it comes to uh sexuality in a public domain privately even, is very different. And even then when it comes to homosexuality, it's still very taboo. Exactly. And I'm, I'm thinking of other, uh, manga and video games that have, uh, trans people in them, like mother three or, uh, yeah. well, some characters yeah. in one piece. Like it's almost always a punchline. Yes. Where it's handled like, like these are total weirdos. And, Random uh, side note: Check out the Vice documentary they did about gay culture in Japan. It's actually pretty fantastic. Oh, cool! Yeah, I, I will check that out. But, but with anyway, it's um, like both homosexuality and uh, and um, uh, being trans are handled as as jokes in Japan, or with like no real understanding, or uh, in a way that is it's very shallow. Normally, yeah, yeah, very shallow, very socially conservative, but in Persona 4, Naoto is this cool, fully realized character who just has real questions about her, uh, about her, you know, her gender identity. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm using female pronouns with her because I, I truthfully think that Naoto, again, Persona 4 being a Japanese game sort of goes back to heteronormativity at the end of her, yeah, at the end of Naoto's social link. Uh, if you decide to to have a romantic relationship with her, like she embraces her fe- her femininity in a way that seems a little unusual, actually, and uh, and even in f- in later Persona Four Persona Four universe games, like she appears and acts more feminine, yes, uh, quite often, which is uh, which I don't know, to me that feels like a wasted opportunity to a bi- uh, to a degree because. Um, like they're addressing this uh, this social issue in such an interesting uh, interesting way that I don't think is a joke and um, and is handled you know with sensitivity and thoughtfulness. But uh, it's it, we're kidding. She's actually not. She's actually not trans at all. Yeah, she's a she. Which it's is kind of the same thing with Kanji. It just goes yeah, back to exactly. that idea of no, he's, he's not gay. He's just gay. confused. It's just it's just at the end of the day, you are what you kind of what everyone th- thinks you should be instead of what it, like yeah. you said, what would have probably been a much more creative, more interesting, much more dynamic choice. They go the safe route. Yeah. Th- that's maybe the most uh, disappointing thing to, about persona four to me is that it, they lacked, they definitely showed courage in having these characters uh, be shown as they were, but in a way they lacked courage by backing away from it at the end, which is, but, but, uh, it, but I don't think that diminishes Kanji or Naoto as characters. No. Though really good characters but i think that they, they didn't go the extra step for them to be real you know trailblazers in rpg characters. but that's what's interesting also about persona 4 versus persona 3 to me and why persona 3 still holds a, a very different special place in my heart is that that game just from start to finish 
feels darker and edgier and a little bit more apocalyptic. Whereas Inaba as a location, I just mean in the sense of like the dungeons, the atmosphere, everything to me in Persona 3 feels much more oppressive. Okay, I, and there's I get, this attitude of, of uh, like a finality to everything, whereas there's this very cute atmosphere to Inaba, which also, of course, plays wonderfully as a juxtaposition to what's actually going on with all the people there. But it, it I don't know why, but for some reason, things just feel there's not as many hard edges to a lot of personalities in Persona 4 like there are in Persona 3. Oh, like you okay. said, everyone kind of comes out on the other end and feels better about themselves, where... In Persona 3, you can become best friends with someone, and they're still harboring some really dark things that they're not going to let go of anytime soon. Right, and well, one person does die in an alley in Persona 3. But uh, now, Chris, that's an argument that I've heard often, and I I kind of – I really dislike it a lot of the times. But um, it's it's never – it's usually not presented quite as eloquently as you have. <laughs> well, because uh, I actually love Persona 4 and think it's a better game overall. <laughs> right, but um, the thing that like Persona 3 is better than Persona 4 be- or is because it's dark or be- it's no, darker than Persona right. 4. I think, I think that's, really, that's really – Yeah, I think that's really reductive and especially since Persona 4 is about trying to stop a serial killer. Like that's yeah, – that's, you know, like, that's like, a, Inuba becomes this wonderful uh, – by being so picturesque and perfect and charming, it actually strengthens the kind of salacious nature of everything going on because it's happening in this perfect town. You know, the exact opposite of where you're supposed to have a serial killer <laughs> demolishing a population. You expect it to like, be in this. <laughs> it's almost like Murder, She Wrote. It's like this idyllic, tiny town, but there's a murder yeah. every week there. What the hell? But Something <laughs> was ruining and sure, but um, anyway, I, I I don't need to go into it, but I I dislike the argument that Persona Three is better because it's darker, even which is not uh, exactly the argument you were making, yeah. but uh, that's just something I've seen a little too much, and it, it it makes me it makes my eye involuntarily twitch. That's fair, and and I, for me, it was more like again, it's the same reason why. I believe that whatever Final Fantasy most people play, the first one is usually the one they end up loving the most. Not always, but I that's not the case. Not the case for me, but yeah. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's usually the general thing, and just because it's your first time in that kind of a world. And for me, Persona Three, like I said, I actually love Persona Four overall far more. But because it was my, I guess my first one, and it brought me into the series, it just will always be special. And I think the Evokers just were such a cool concept that it that was fantastic concept i and i i think i think they aren't i think they're uh, we talked about this before the recording a little bit but i think that the evokers are a great concept that are really edgy and and affecting for the first hour and then they don't really matter i guess what was i what was interesting to me about the evokers is and i mean this was back in college but i wrote uh, a huge essay about spirituality and religion and the idea of personas within this game and how they represent the people that they that embody them and the idea of a character who can kind of can consistently change and adapt and there was something to and i didn't re, and you brought up the whole myth that persona 4 revolves around with those two gods which i actually did not know at all oh oh sorry but, if i spo- i spoiled no, a lot no, no, of that's, a, that's, a, that's a good you. thing <laughs> no not i don't give a shit about those two sorry yeah. well uh, persona 4 twists a little bit because in persona 4 you realize that the the goddess izanami 
who in real mythology, uh, you know, has a to 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 simplify it a little bit, has a uh, a serious disagreement with her husband Izanami, and I'm sorry, Izanagi, and Izanami swears to uh, to kill 800 people a day, and Izanami uh, Izanagi swears to uh, you know bring a, a thousand new lives into the world every day, and so they're they're like the sort of the Izanagi and Izanami are the struggle between life and death, which is similar that that myth is similar to Philemon and Nyarlahotep in Persona One and Two. So it's unclear if Phil or Nyar are in Persona Four. Um, but there's pres- parallels. But there are parallels, and also Philemon's symbol is a glowing butterfly, and glowing butterflies are save points in Persona Four. Ooh. So that um so the I, I think the idea is like. Phil, Phil and Nyar are still having their cosmic bet happen, but they're sort of doing it through Izanami, who's this goddess that's been imprisoned for thousands of years. I like that there, their back and forth is eternal, even if it's through others. Yeah, um, Philemon only helps players by giving them personas and letting them do their thing, but Nyar cheats and actually interferes. <laughs> and so yeah. that you, you usually end up fighting him uh, in Persona 1 and 2. So it's... a. Uh, yeah, it, it it it's a cool relationship when you look at the long at the long view of what persona of what the persona series is. But Persona Four, you don't need to know that to enjoy Persona Four. It's uh, sure. but it is referenced a bit. Now breaking from the argument of three versus four, because like you said, it is kind of irrelevant because I love both of them, and clearly we all do. But uh, what uh, we we talked about it before the podcast, the idea of the Jungian theories behind how all of this functions of facing your subconscious uh, as a shadow and all the rest of it. Was that just clearly obvious to you from the get-go? Was that something, you know, I'm Um, sure it was. You guys are smart people, but... uh, The Jungian concept of the shadow was clear to me in the beginning. uh, Because that's just a a concept in in psychology and maybe to a lesser degree metaphysics. But, like, the, the definition of it is... Um, your shadow is something that is a part of you that you wish did not exist, but is there. And in, I mean, I I have visited uh, psychiatrists for um, for personal issues in the past, and confronting your shadow is is a you know a, a concept that that you approach in um, mm-hmm. in real psychoanalysis. So, but they had <laughs> in Persona Four, they have um, that Jungian concept of the shadow yeah, actually manifest. manifest. Yes. And act, and you actually fight it, and when you fight it, like there's even imagery in there, like um Yukiko's shadow, uh, like uh her her dungeon is a princess castle, and her shadow acts like a princess and wishes she could be whisked whisked away, and that's because you know Yukiko all everyone expects her to take over the inn, and she's burdened by that expectation, and part of her wishes deep down that she could just run away from it all, run away from it all, person. yeah, exactly, so. But yeah, her, I love that. When that's her shadow like, transforms, it's a caged bird mm-hmm. that's swinging back and forth, and like, uh, like the visual choice. So their choice imagery thing, is fantastic. It's, for it's amazing. All the characters, and yeah, every character has um, something like that in, when their shadow is when their shadow goes berserk, and you have to fight it as a boss battle. And it's yeah. just the, the visual choices and the conceptual choices in Persona Four are so cool. And they bring like all of the series mythology together, either in minor references or explicitly, because those shadows are also in Persona Two, but they're not nearly as prominent. Mm. Um, and uh, or at, le- at least on Persona Two: Innocent Sin, I'm not sure if it's in Eternal Punishment. But any- anyway, Persona Four is 
I, it's one of my it's my favorite game from the past 15 years. I, I can say that for sure. All of my games that rank higher than Persona 4 are in the 90s. But uh, I think it does so many smart RPG things and so many smart conceptual story things and has really great appealing characters and dialogue. I, I adore this game. and I've beaten it four times, which is crazy because that's like it's 70 hours game, minimum. Yeah. It yeah. is. But I, I don't think I've played it for the last time either. And I, I say that honestly. I'm 30. Yeah, I... <laughs> no, but 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 I think you nailed it on the head for the same reason why I, I think the franchise as a whole going forward, for me starting with 3, but especially Persona 4 is so special, is that it works on far too many levels. And I almost mean too many because it's kind of shameful that other games aren't this well-crafted. Yeah. But it, it also makes it difficult to have an hour, hour and a half conversation on a podcast and try to talk about the whole game. Oh, absolutely. Because it's one of those things but that we could probably have. It is a gift like that 20, keeps on giving. 30 episodes on this that we just keep you breaking could, down sections. I of, mean, yeah, I'm just talking about psychology. You could break down individual characters like we just did a tiny bit with Yukiko, and it's endless. And also, I mean, especially in, uh, for the hero, just, just the lore they create with the fact that Persona's, t- again, tapping into folklore, spirituality, endless pantheons of gods, uh, the fact that, you know, eternal beings are pulling the string. There's so much at play, and some of it, I mean, Mike, you gave us a lot of background, but some yeah, of it only comes to... Much, I probably no, gave no, no, much I, for me, I love it, but, <laughs> but what's so cool to me is that those are elements that if you're playing, let's say, Persona 4 as your first Persona game, you only kind of discover those eternal beings at the end when you have to fight them and they're hinted at and there's little bits and pieces you can kind of discover that it's all tied together, but it's not, you know, evident and made clear. You kind of have to figure it out for yourself and you don't exactly need to care about all that extra lore to even, you know, love the game. And a lot of the analysis that we're doing here, like, like you alluded to is, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's hidden a little bit or it's, you know, a visual element or something that's not yeah. thrown in front of your face necessarily. There's a lot to this game that isn't necessarily written on the page. It's environmental and, I mean, I, and it's by choice you discover it. And like I'm, I'm a no-lifer that, you know, breaks down this game as much as I can to better understand it and, and enjoy mm-hmm. it because that's how my mind works. But uh, it's, it's, it's great to enjoy as a just a, 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 an RPG with great characters and dialogue or an RPG with these a fascinating psychological study yeah. in its characters. Man, there's a lot to love about Persona. Yeah, it's, it's just, mm. again, I think it is really one of the most perfectly crafted RPGs. It's just fantastic on every level. Story, gameplay. It's amazing how many, how many other franchises are now trying to ape, you know, having a social sim element or a something else because Persona or, did it so well. Or throwing in an idol girl character. Yeah, exactly. Because everyone knows that, and again, like we talked about before, it really exploded with Golden, especially in North America, but it was so evident how much everyone thinks that this game is just top-notch stellar, that everyone else is like, we gotta, we gotta do what they did. Well, Golden... We gotta be like... Golden kind of emerged at a, a very interesting time, because Final Fantasy came on the market a long time ago, and it seemed like for the longest time everybody was trying to copy what they could from whatever... Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy was working on, and then um, we basically rolled it to 13, and that was kind of a interesting time, I guess. That's, we'll phrase it that way for the three games of 13. 
Um, and I think there was this kind of this hole, this space that somebody could fill that to, could be the new kind of spiritual leader of the, the genre. And I, I think because of the popularity that Persona gained, I, I think it kind of filled that. Um, and you see a lot of people aping their kind of ideas because of that, um, which becomes very interesting. Which I'm fine with. Yeah, and- I, I, I adore Persona 4, so I stick it everywhere. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, every Persona game is basically set in a, you know, nominally real-world Japan in a town where something starts to get, where really strange things start to happen. In a town. And, yeah. In mystery. <laughs> One kid and his friends. A small town in Japan. Eight <laughs> kids. The only key. My god, what are they doing? Did he just go on a what? TV? Why did he shoot himself in the head? Why, Why is that dog bear, that's a, a boy. giant dog? Why are these two boys walking down the street with samurai swords? <laughs> oh, right. Looks yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's funny parts in Persona, 2, in Persona 4 as well. Like, right in the early, in the first or second hour of the game, like, Khan, uh, Yosuke brings some knives and a samurai sword so they can fight shadows in the TV, and a police officer sees <laughs> yeah, them and like, arrests them. The... <laughs> yeah. So, I want to... It's great. We've done a good job uh, like summarizing everything that we liked. I actually want to end exactly on that type of note. I want to hear what everybody's favorite personal moment of the like the game is, whether it's something funny, something serious. I, I've done a lot of serious stuff, so why don't we kind of skew a little bit towards the funny, but whatever your personal favorite moment is, let's go. Why don't we have you start, Mike? Oh, oh man, putting me on the spot. Uh, okay, my favorite moment of Persona 4... Uh, I, I remember uh, there's one scene in Summer where uh, Yosuke asks Chie and the main character to work with him at Juness for a week. Uh, Yosuke's dad is the manager of a department store Everybody. and called Juness. Yeah, and, uh, and and he works there part time as well. And mm-hmm. so there's this montage of Yu Chie and work and Yosuke and Teddy working in the store, but Teddy has to be in his in his sweaty bear costume. <laughs> So there's a montage of of everyone you know working and T- and Teddy is getting increasingly sweaty and uncomfortable trying to do his mascot dance, <laughs> and by the fifth day he's like ready to pass out, and uh, he ends up just jumping out. I think he ends up like jumping naked out of his costume or something crazy. But I'm just, I, that was just a great moment of just visual comedy, seeing him get increasingly <laughs> uncomfortable. There it was a like he was barely hard. dressed. Boom. End the episode. Yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. What up? <laughs> I'm All on the right, floor. I've was, been uh, dropped. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, wow. Funny to All right, Chris, what about you? Uh, I can't remember what time of year it is because I haven't played in a while, but I believe it's the Summer Festival. Is that when that is? Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I think I know you're going with this. Yeah, I well, just in general, I think that the, the whole sequence is fantastic. It's just... It's a great moment with a lot of the characters where you've gotten to know them for a while and they finally just it, – it's this wonderful break from everything you've been doing and you can kind of just have fun and play mini games and you know enjoy a festival. Really, it, it's that simple. It's just like a fairgrounds. And I, uh, that whole sequence is wonderful. Really, I think my favorite moment though was when you confront Adachi and he explains why he did what he did because – he goes from this bumbling fool to becoming a pure-blooded psychopath. 
And while the game has moments of you know that there might be something a little off with him, that monologue is just... I'm not going to say it's out of left field because you kind of know it's coming, but it is. Yeah, it's blood curdling. So that, that to me, I think would be the moment, the standout moment from the game. Because... Oh. He, he has a he has a really creepy facial expression yeah, in his the in portrait his por- they have his, yeah, is- in his portrait when he's saying this when he's explaining what uh, why he did it it's it, it makes your skin crawl dude it's, it, it really is it's one of, it's a weird thing and it's just like oh it's for the laughs and you're like what are you talking about yeah. oh that 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 blew my mind it's like we did all this because a psychopath just thought it would be fun. <laughs> it's almost cool? like it's like the ending of uh, the Usual Suspects, where um, <sighs> the character who's this bumbling cripple like is leaving the police station, and slowly his like his legs straighten, and, and he, he starts moving with yeah, confidence. Out his hand, and yeah, and yeah, and and you re- and like he just his character transforms in front of your eyes from a you know from a fool to a a master manipulator, and it's it, it, it's a cool, it's a cool moment, yeah. yeah. So Kobayashi, there was a lawyer. So Josh, uh, what's your favorite moment that you remember from Persona Four? Mine is like the exact opposite of Chris. So Chris picks something at the very end, <laughs> super super serious. Mine is very very close to the beginning and couldn't be. Fully <laughs> I, less I know serious. exactly what you're gonna do. Um, so you finally go into the TV. You encounter this stupid looking bear, and he's giving you crap. And you guys, it's it's. The one bad thing about Persona is they make sure that you understand something is going on. And so you have this conversation where they're both saying that the other person is kidnapping or killing people. And you have the same conversation. It has to be like the fifth, like five times. And finally, Yosuke like reaches over and grabs Teddy by the head and rips him in half. <laughs> he just rips this bear in half. And there's nothing inside. And so he, they freak out. You freak out. And then Teddy just sits on the ground rolling. And if you never, like, this is what I did. I never moved on past the conversation. I just sat there for, like, minutes just staring. <laughs> and I'd go between just, like, you. like, yeah, between just, like, utter shock and just losing my <laughs> mind laughing. And then go back to, like, shock. But it's one of those things that, like, it kind of punctuates exactly what you should expect. Like, you're dealing with very serious material, but at the same time, you're going to have fun doing it. Yeah. And it just, it's still like, I, I love that. It's like one of my favorite moments in video games is just this bear. Just like, what, I, what? and then it makes no I, sense because eventually there's a boy inside. They're like, but there's, I, I think, I think logic. We, I'm barely I think keeping it together Josh. right now. <laughs> oh, stop it! Stop it! <laughs> you are enjoying oh, this way too much. This is getting embarrassing. God <laughs> damn it! Wow. Wow. Oh. You're not hitting it with enough emphasis, though. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. This is embarrassing. Josh. There you go. There you go. There You're you go. barely keeping it together. Oh, there you I, go. Thank yeah, you, guys. I already did that. I can't. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. I, well, I only pay attention to you about a third of the time. Yeah, that's fine. That is so accurate. you barely pay attention? All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Stop it. 
Shut your mouth. Puns are less interesting when it's just the same pun over and over. I know. Yeah, exactly. I, it's it's too late at night for me to come up. I, I had the embarrassing and the barely. That's that's a buzz. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I'd say you're batting like 500 right now, which is great. That's fantastic. I'll Bat- take it. Batting 500 is like would break a lot of records. Yes, it would. I mean, you'd embarrass Ted Williams. It's hard to do. And Rogers Hornsby. That's true. Thank you, Mike. You're the you're best. Welcome. <laughs> we should just do a our entire audience just went stop it. Yeah, uh, the entire audience left a long time ago, probably after my third bear joke. Uh, RPG fans' fourth podcast, where Chris and Mike just talk about movies and baseball. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that very would, accurate. Yeah, no one would listen to that. Our mothers wouldn't listen to that. It's very true. They'd be proud and they'd turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> So I, th- I think we're all tired enough that maybe it's time to shut the door on Persona yes. 4. I, 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 I'm trying to think of a bear joke. Damn. Stop it. More importantly, <laughs> if, if, you, if you haven't played this game and you're listening to this, if you can't tell how much we well, adore if, it, go play it. It's just, it's so good. If they haven't played the game and they're listening to it, then we just gave them the entire story. We it doesn't matter. Know. Because there, there's, there's so much nuance to every person and every side social link we didn't touch. Persona's that about matter. the adventure. It really is. Well, we yeah. told them who the who the killer was and who the puppet master was and the secret behind every main character. Not they everybody. We didn't talk about Teddy. We just know that Teddy doesn't exist inside the bear costume at points. <laughs> <sighs> well, I guess, I guess not. But, man, Persona 4 is a hell of an RPG. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. It absolutely is. My personal favorite RPG of all time, one of my favorite games of all time. That's so, definitely one of my favorites. I, I think that's kind of a collective opinion, but obviously of this podcast, but I think also of our website. RPG and of, of the games community as a whole. Yeah. Like, everyone who plays it, it's almost like VR. It's like everyone who plays it is a believer. That's it's just, the greatest thing. It's a treat. It's, I w- it's better I, than I VR. Would, I would play Persona 4 in VR. Oh my god. We need smell vision oh so you can, you can well, feel how nasty it is to be in the bear costume. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can smell Chie and Yukiko's terrible cooking. I just think of <laughs> I think of that anime the anime episode where he, he tries to help everybody and he goes in the bear costume and he's running around. <laughs> I, I haven't. I only I watched have, part. I've only watched parts of the Persona Four anime. I, I watched, have not seen that. I, I've, I've watched I, both of them. They're they're really good. Yeah. Are they actually? Yeah, they're they're actually legitimately really good. All right, now I'm gonna watch them. Um, I I did see the uh, I did see the episode where they go to the town from Persona Three. Yeah. And the main character has you know his his three girlfriend candidates all over him. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> they're oh, they're good. they're expertly oh, done. There's a lot of humor there that yeah you get mm-hmm. once you've played the games. Like they they definitely play that up, but it's really good. But I mean, what's so the so wait uh. Hey Josh, if I'm I'm ready to go to bed, dude. We're recording <laughs> late at night, and um, at, so uh, how can listeners reach us if they want to do so? Wow, you're putting me on the spot. No, or well, um, want me to say it? <laughs> no, sorry. If I uh, obviously this, I'm sure we have touched on a couple things that you also associate with Persona Four, but I'm sure there's plenty of other things that kind of. Oh wow, it is late. <laughs> okay, so you too can get part of the conversation of Persona 4 if you send us an email at RetroRPGFan, or more importantly, since we're not going to be doing a second episode, I'd still love your emails, but it'd be probably better for you guys to go on the boards since we're not going to be able to read this for a second episode. Um, so please go to the boards at RPGFan.com slash boards, slash forums, 
And uh, you can you can harass Josh on Twitter at JD Curry. Wow, you really want this to be over. You're rushing through this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, please go to Twitter. Please follow me. Please send me messages. You can harass me there. That's fine. I'll harass you back. Hey, Chris, what's your Twitter? At Chris Gebauer. Cool. And I'm at The Real Monsoon on Twitter. And I, I also have a second Persona themes Twitter that uh, maybe I shouldn't mention because that's, that's just embarrassing. Yeah. Nah. At Evoker for Dogs on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that. I, I have a, I have a second Twitter that I use for li- that I use for uh, um for like live streaming stuff and for just when I want to go when I go on real nerdy video game tears and that's at Whoa. Evoker for Dogs. Cormar, uh, love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna end with a bear joke. What do you call a bear with no teeth? What? A gummy bear. Boom. Thank you for listening to Retro Encounter. I'm editing that out.